Hey guys, real quick, I want to let you know something. This podcast today is sponsored by Politics and War. Politics and War is an online political strategy game where you get to create your own country and you compete with thousands of other players diplomatically, militarily, and economically. Politics and War, it's free to play with limited microtransactions to ensure the game is fair and not pay to win like most of the apps you see today. You can play for free in your browser at politicsandwar.com or you can download the Politics and War app on the App Store or Google Play Store. Go check it out. I fell in love with it. I play it every day. I guarantee you that you will too. The lease is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubble Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right. Elise with the assist. Hello, and welcome back to season one, episode 73 of the Houston Dynapod podcast, and it's a celebratory episode. We got a win. We beat Seattle. We beat the best, second best, team in MLS, the number one team in the Western Conference, and we did it in fashion. I, I, I got to be honest. This, this was a game that going in, I was thinking, oh, man, it's going to be another heartbreaker because, you know, we tend to do that. We tend to shit the bed when we play good teams. Now, we also trotted out quite an interesting lineup, which had me worried. We had three at the back, and it was an odd three. It was really, really weird. It had some dude named Zurich Valentine. Now, he looks like Zarek Valentine, but he did not play like him. And typically, you can find Zarek Valentine as the, uh, the right fullback or the right wing doing a 6.5. 6.6-ish job, pretty regularly. But on this evening, he started in the middle of one Timothy Parker, Timothy Parker, and teenage Hadibi. So when I saw the lineup, I was extremely upset and shocked and just thinking, fucking Tab doesn't care. But then I watched us play, and we looked solid. I know we were at home, and I know Seattle was missing a lot of players, but we looked really good. Like, we were in danger of giving points away, but not until late in the match. And truth be told, this is one of those games where the crossbar, the woodwork, was the opposition's best defender. The woodwork kept out four additional goals. So what a weekend, man. What a freaking weekend. The Dynamo win. And they win convincingly. Spurs win. And they win convincingly, even though Eric Dyer had an own goal. Man, my universe, the universe around me, has so much positive energy right now. Uh, I would imagine that I'm going to get sepsis or some type of rare infection in order for my personal universe to balance out because there's too much positive right now. There's got to be a little negative coming in. Maybe I get deathly ill. Maybe I get coronavirus. Maybe, maybe my transmission goes out. I don't know. But either way, this is... Very, very exciting. By the way, were I to get sepsis, it would be the second time I'd, I've ever had it. I had it before. It's, it's very exciting. 
I, uh, I hallucinated. I did. And it was fucking scary. Not for me. For me, it was just what was happening. But for people that knew me, they looked at me and they were like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? You sound nuts. So yeah, sepsis can cause you to hallucinate. I learned that afterwards. Also didn't know I had it. So I self-diagnosed and I was like, oh, I just need some sleep and a beer and I'll be fine. Turns out, no, you need antibiotics. Otherwise you could die. Now this episode is probably going to be called, where's this been? Because that's the gist I'm getting from social media. Where's this been? They're saying, why haven't we played like this all year? They're saying, well, guys, this hasn't been our squad all year. Our squad has never Never, with the new additions, with Karaskia, with Teenage, with Corey Baird, has never been fully healthy. Hasn't been. Still isn't. Corey Baird's done with an ACL injury. Karaskia just worked back to fitness. Our squad has not been fully healthy all year long. So that's why we haven't seen this. Hasn't been available. We've had COVID outbreaks. We've had international breaks. We've had new arrival signings and their adjustment periods being lengthy, like Teenage, or short, like Coco. But we haven't seen this squad fully fit this season. We haven't. So if you're like, where's it been? It's been on the fucking bench or on another team or quarantine. That's where it's been. I've talked about Corey Baird. Man, he's done for the year, and that's awful. I have high hopes for him. I still do. He's probably going to miss at the least, at very least, the first half of next season, depending on you know, if it was just ACL, if it's ACL and MCL, ACL and LCL, if it's all three. It, this used to be a surgery that ended your career. Now it's six to 12 months recovery. For a footballer, it's going to be longer because of the amount of conditioning they need. But he's probably done, I would imagine, for the first half of next season as well, which is terrible, but we will make do. We will find a way to overcome. We did it Saturday night. We did it Saturday night. Uh, my man of the match, Darwin Quintero. It, there's no, nobody's even close. God, I wish we'd have played him all year. I wish whatever the problem was that he'd have solved it earlier. But Darwin Quintero has been my man of the match uh, more than once in the past two months. And this was another level, what he did. It was another fucking level. And he could have had a brace with that little, it's kind of like a bicycle kick. It's kind of not. But that could have been a brace. And that would have been a 10.0 rating. How he didn't have a 10.0 rating and only ended up with a 9.3 or beyond me, he was out of this world. He was – the performance he put on Saturday, he, you could have put him in any squad, in any nation, in any league and let him do that, and he would still have man of the match. It was unreal. And, yeah, I know he did it against MLS players, but, dude, he made it look easy. Maxi's goal? <laughs> dude, goal of the year contender right there. Same with Darwin's. Same with Darwin's. Both of those goals should be top five goals of the year overall. Maxi's was very Zlatan Ibrahimovic-ish. And Darwin's was, what was that, Delhi Alley Crystal Palace for my Spurs fans out there. It was, it, was, it was really, really fantastic. It was phenomenal to watch. And my dumbass son decided, all right, Dad, I'm going to go play with my friends, and I'm not going to watch the game with you. So he was outside, and I told him, I'm like, dude, you missed two of the best goals you're ever going to see in any league, ever, tonight. And even fucking Seattle's was a banger. Madronda's little left-footed pile driver into the bottom right corner, that was a banger. We saw three phenomenal goals in one match. That's crazy. 
Now, there's one thing I'm a little afraid of, a little frightened of with this. Going through social media since the win, everybody's positive. Okay, and we've had a nice little run here. And a lot of people are now kind of backing down off of tab out. I've never fully been tab out. I'm also not fully tab in. I could see this win and a strong finish definitely giving him a lifeline. And I will tell you the truth. If he pulls off a 10th place finish, or it's close, right? We catch Vancouver, we catch LAFC. Probably not going to happen. We can catch Vancouver. But if we can move up into about 10th place and we have a good run, I could support one more year. Right now, not really. But if he goes and he has a strong run to end this year, we end up ahead of Dallas, we end up ahead of Austin, and one more. Then, I'm like, you know what, give him another year. This roster hasn't been healthy. We haven't seen a full year without some type of outside bullshit, COVID, politics, international stuff. We haven't seen that. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. A lot of more people, though, are leaning more towards, you know, maybe we should give him a break. Uh, this is what he can do. But the tab out chatter has definitely quieted down, and that's good. It should. He's, he's done fine. So our lineup. In goal, Michael Nelson. Uh, back line, Tim Parker, Zarek Valentin, and Teenage Adebi. The midfielders, we had Dorsey on the right, Veta and Kataskia in the middle, and Sam, I am... Playing better than a garbage can Junka on the left. Central attacking mid, you had Quintero. Up top, you had Maxi and Fafa. Maxi broke his streak. I guarantee you, he went home and he freaking laid the pipe that night. You haven't scored since June. I guarantee you, he was beating it up at home. Right? Mrs. Arruti or his girlfriend or somebody, Maxi was out there. He was celebrating and there was Poonani involved. How could you not? A goal like that, a goal like that should get you a small orgy. Yeah, it should. That was amazing. Absolutely incredible. Now let's take a look and let's go through our stat lines because it wasn't it wasn't as bad as we're used to, guys. And it's like really nice. So, ready? We had 58% possession. No, we didn't. My bad. Backwards. They had 58% of the ball. We had 42. XG, we had more. 1.1 to 1.0. We had more shots. They had more passes and a higher pass accuracy. We conceded more fouls. That's normal. They had more corners. We had one offsides, which was Fafa, who I believe leads the league in offsides. Um, Shots on target, we tied. Shots off target, we won. Uh, We hit the woodwork four times. We had 13 shots inside the box. I think they said uh, Tab Ramos clicked on the tactics thing, and he clicked work ball into the box. There was no more early crosses and shoot on sight from Tab. He updated his football manager profile. So overall, man, feels good. Feels real good, but we know we've seen things feel good before, and fucking goes to shit. So talk about the individuals. Michael Nelson, 6'5 rating. Marriage is better. People were asked on a poll or in a chat, who would you rather start the rest of the year, Nelson or Marich? And a lot of y'all said Nelson. Marich is better. Marich has better stats. He has a better rating. Marich is better. And you can say, well, he's not the goalkeeper of the future. Neither is Michael fucking Nelson. 
Neither is Michael Nelson. Let's play Morton. No, let's play the guy that gives us the best chance to win. And statistically speaking, that is Marco Marich. Back line, Timmy Parker, 7-1 on the right. God, it was good to see him get back into form. And I don't know if the addition of Zarek in the middle, somebody who's a little more mobile, a little better at playing the ball out. Because really, I've seen Timmy in teenage, you know, act as a ball-playing defender. Zarek Valentin can do that. Maybe this, is, this solves the Zarek problem. Because I've been saying for a while, Zarek needs a break. Zarek has no help. Zarek's getting too old to go up and down that right flank. Well, Tav just put him in the middle of Tim and Teenage, and Zarek put forth a pretty good performance. Teenage Debbie got hurt. He had that awkward land on his ankle where it, it rolled the wrong way. Right? It didn't roll over. It rolled inwards, and that hurts. That's fucking bad juju. But he's a tough young boy, tough young lad. I'm sure he'll be back. He might not make the Galaxy game. That would be – he's going to be crucial to that. And you know what? Honestly, I'm feeling pretty good about the Galaxy game. But I hope he's all right. I hope he gets back pretty soon. you got to play through the pain a little bit because as good as he was in the last 30 minutes, my North Figueroa is not starting – should not be starting 90 minutes. You know, my my buddy, Reggie, when we talk about Minor, she said that even people in Honduras at this point, are they realize he's getting too old. He shouldn't be taking the minutes. And that's a hard thing to watch. He's a national hero. To watch one of these guys that's just stuck around a little too long, it's one of the hardest things to watch in sports. When you look at Brett Favre when he was with the Jets for that year, it was hard to watch even though he was injured. You look at these guys that stuck around too long, ma'am. Emmett Smith stuck around too long. He did. Athletes like to retire. It's better to retire when you're before you show your ass to the whole world. Yeah, right midfielder slash right wing back Griffin Dorsey, seven point seven rating. Keep him. Tab has developed Griffin Dorsey into a quality player. Keep him. Matias Veta, who he has definitely shown his evolution and his growth this year. He's historically he was a defensive midfielder. Now he's making runs into the box. Now he's scoring goals. So Matias Veda at his young age is showing that he's a whole lot more than just a defensive mid who needs to stay at the back and protect your back line. Karaskia had a rough game, 6.6 rating, but as you know, he was going to be limited to an hour, which Tab subbed him off right around the 61st minute, 63rd minute. Not a bad game, but not the game we're used to from him, and it's going to take time. It's fine. I'm very interested to see what he does on Wednesday. On the far left, Sam Junka, 7.6, fucking... As much as that makes me happy, it pisses me off because I, I don't like that he does this. I don't like that he comes out and he'll put together one or two real good games, but then he puts together three or four shit ones. Because I'd rather have a guy six nine seven flat all the time versus a seven six five five like he pulls off. But either way, good game from Sammy. One of his crosses uh, a little bit too low. And it was crazy because it was Eddie or Glenn was talking about how Sam needs to work on his crosses. I honestly think I don't I don't know maybe I'm alone in this, but I think that's one thing he does well, is he whips the ball in. He he doesn't fucking float it. He whips that sucker in there. That shit's got steam coming off it when it lands. But I, it's one thing I think he does well. So maybe maybe I'm wrong. Which comparing me to Eddie and Glenn is probably possible, but I feel like that's one thing he does well. Our attacking mid, Darwin Quintero, man of the match performance, possible goal of the year. 
both goals were either created or set or scored by him. I mean, dude, fuck has he been all year? He's been on the bench. He's got another year in him for sure. I mean, shit, this year doesn't even count. He put no miles on his tires this year. I hope he comes back, ma'am. And I hope we get Karaskia here for the whole year, too. Maxi Arruti broke his goal-scoring drought, and Fafa did not get on the score sheet. Although he did Fafa stuff, ma'am. Up and down the field, being a pest, hampering people, just being a dick. That's what I love about Fafa Pico. I love that he's such a prick out there. Seattle came out in a 3-4-2-1 matching lineups. Ooh, former Dynamo, Will Bruin, was out there. He was very, very quiet. He was extremely quiet. Rodon in the middle had never a very great game. Montero was good. Madronda was good. Gel Paulo was good. Uh, Atencio in row, meh. The back line, meh. The keeper, meh. I mean, they, they had a lot of injuries. And Brian Schmetzer's orchestra did not live up to its reputation. Uh, Schmetzer pulled a tab and only used four of his subs, while Tab also pulled a tab and used four of his. Fucking Memo Rodriguez bobblehead night, and we don't get to see Memo. Guys, I'm sorry, but Memo's done. Memo's out. He's leaving. And it's going to suck, but we will find somebody who is better. We will. Now, Adam Lundquist, it says he's out with an abdominal injury, which I don't know if we watched the same game, but he dislocated his knee. Should say knee injury. I don't know if the Dynamo physios are like, yo, that's his fucking abdomen right there. Uh, Maybe that's why we're doing so poorly. And Corey Baird was not listed on the injury report. Nico Lemoyne was, but he's always injured him and Ethan Bartlow. So, let's talk about the game now. Let's go into the highlights. Darwin Quintero just slipped and fell down and remains down. It's Atencio. It's Montero now. Animal recovering here. It's a hit that just lashes wide here. Went off the outside of the right foot of Roldan, who got into the box. So when this happened early on, Quintero falls down. At first, I'm thinking he's hurt, and I'm worried. And then I just see they continue to break. They cross it back to the center, and it's a little... He tries to side-foot it in, but it's, you know, it's way too far right. And I started thinking, like, shit, here we go. Like, this is just a sign of things to come. And I was wrong. When I went back and watched this, you know, he would have had to hit a perfect shot to score. Karaskia rotated back, and he was a little far off him. But we actually had everybody covered for the most part. Like, realistically, it was covered. It was messed up because you had two center backs follow the ball carrier down the uh, our right side. So they're left. And when that happened, it, it opened up a spot in the midfield. Or excuse me, in the back line. But a midfielder dropped in, they sunk, and they actually picked it up perfectly. So... This was a pretty good defensive play. Quintero. Little chip over the top of Rooney off the top. Oh, what a goal. This is five star. Maxia Rooney has scored. It is a volley that will go up for the goal of the week. Absolutely struck with sweetness. Leave center forward. I think the fans at home can only imagine the look on my face. As he's looking over his right shoulder, the goal is on his left. The concentration, you watch, he never, ever takes his eyes off the ball. He doesn't need to know where the goalkeeper is at this point. He knows he's going to be on the near post. So if he gets good contact towards the far post, it doesn't even have to be this clean. It's going in. 
My goodness. Yo, Glenn Davis said goal of the week. That's got to be in there for goal of the year. Man, that was mad. That was that was an insane goal. And what a fucking way to end your July, August, September. Almost four-month goal drought. You know Maxi was fucking partying it up Saturday night after that shit. Maxi was doing blow off of bitches. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm sure he's Argentinian. Come on, man. Fucking South America, that's where all the wild shit goes on. Carnival in Brazil. There you go. But man, I played y'all the long version of the commentary because it was just so good. If you saw it in person and you didn't hear what they said, they break it down. And it's like, oh my God, it was, it it was very, very, very exciting to watch. Something you can only see every now and again. God, kudos, Maxi. Dorsey, Quintero. Wow, in the crowd, it's Darwin, it's Darwin! Darwin Quintero! It's a dribbling exhibition! Punctuated by a left-footed finish! This is what Darwin Quintero is able to do. What if he had been able to play a few more games? Just inside, outside, he waits on the defender to set his feet after this meg. Then he goes the opposite direction, and you know the only place he's going to go is tuck it in that far post as Stefan Fry is moving across to his left. Darwin Quintero goes back. I mean, I mean he absolutely just, abuses Ariaga and the center backs on the of Seattle. Mean, bro, what the fuck is going on? Maxi Aruti with a fucking... Same shoulder, same foot, over-the-shoulder volley. And then this in a span of fucking eight minutes, dude. In eight minutes. We saw our two best goals of the year in eight minutes. Our, that's how, that's how fucking, that's how much it, that's what it's like to be us. We got our two best goals in eight minutes. We got all that glory on like a fucking dash like in the terms of time of the season that was magical and again I played you the long version because if you saw if you saw in person I'm so jealous I had to sell my tickets man but you know what watching it on TV was pretty good too but dude Darwin Quintero how and Dorsey with the assist yeah there you go Griff Griff fly motherfucker fly Darwin Quintero just he just bent them all over and gave it to him, and there was absolutely nothing they could. It was it was prison prison sex, you know, struggle cuddle. It, it was it was amazing, absolutely amazing. Pay that man. Over the top, Pico is offside. That's, that's the one thing that Papa's got to watch some video on and, and think about over the off season. Right now, you may be asking yourself, why in the fuck? Is a Fafa Pico offsides call in the highlights. And I'm going to tell you why. Because whoever makes the highlights for MLS put his offsides in the highlights. I found that to be hilarious. Whoever makes this, they're supposed to be pretty good at their job. And I get it was exciting, but it was really offsides. It wasn't even close. 
This game had a lot of highlights. I don't think that was one of them. Don't pay that man. Referee's wearing rave green tonight. <laughs> you said it, not me. Off the corner, Seattle. Here's Mudranda, and he's got that left foot, and there it is. Just when we said he has not put anything together here in the first half, he hits a blast in. It makes it 2-1. to one. You can call it a banger, call it whatever you want. But the Seattle Sounders are back in the game. Yo, I'm not going to lie. I did notice that Eddie and Glenn were kind of fawning over Madronda. And then he goes and does that shit. So Eddie and Glenn, that's it's a little bit on you for putting that juju out into the, uh, into the ether, guys. When I saw this, and it was, you know, we're five minutes from the half. And this happens. It was just like, fuck. I know exactly what the second half is going to look like. In hindsight, we all know the second half was just fine. In fact, we could have easily won this game 4-1. to one. I mean, we know it was fine, but this is what we do. We let momentum swing at pivotal... Pivotal, fuck. Pivotal point. I couldn't decide between pivotal and crucial. So you got crivital. Say it in the office. I bet you no one calls you on it. So we have this this tendency at these pivotal points in matches to fuck up. First 15, like, dude, first 15, last 15. Every time. First 10, last 10, whatever you want to call it. And it applies to both halves. So at the start and the middles of the game, at the, the quarter points, we don't we do not do well. That, that space in between, I guess, is where we thrive. Man, it's... It's been an issue for a while now, and I really felt when this happened, like, all right, there we are at most going to draw this game, but we didn't, so thank God I was wrong. It's a good ball. It's Dorsey to the back post. Pico's headers laid down. Quintero! It's off the post. Dorsey latches it in front of the goal. Whoever saw Darwin Quintero, the Colombian Bam Bam, that he snorted before the game on Saturday... You need to branch out and diversify because there are lots of people in sales that need that magic white powder. What the fuck happened with Darwin today, tonight, Saturday night? What is going on? This is this is like this would be a game you'd expect from a guy like Messi, Ronaldo, um, Holland, any of those guys, Mbappe, Neymar, like Harry Kane, but not as pretty, just efficient. Oh, and then the post-game interview will be kind of boring. But this is a game a type of match that you don't expect to see from a guy here, and we did. And it was it was a joy to watch. Oh, my God. Like, it got me excited again. It really did. Dude, Darwin, you made my night. And tell your plug to branch out, player. Quintero off the corner. Junka came close last time. It's Dorsey. Shot is blocked. Second chance off the post. It's whipped back in again, headed away by Oriaga. Here's Varon trying to line it up. Watch out. I feel kind of bad for Griffin Dorsey. I mean, I was watching him kick, and I just thought to myself, like, he looked very robotic. He literally didn't have to pick up his left foot the second time. It was just plop, plop, and then he hits the woodwork. Oh, man. He had a good game, too. He had an assist and almost a goal here. Two shots on target-ish, I guess. Yeah, that was, <laughs> dude. So many times that happened that we 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 could have had more goals. We could have had you know, 
pilot at all. That would have been huge. I mean, it's already huge what happened, but it would have been very big. Man, Dorsey had a good game. He's really come along, and I'm pretty excited. I'm kind of excited about it. I'm not, you know, super excited, but I'm interested to see what he can do because he's only gotten better. Another bad giveaway. A lot of unforced errors tonight from Seattle. Here's Pico. Can they punish him? Pico. A Rudy. This really was kind of a special night. We had some really good free-flowing, attacking football, and we had great opportunities, exciting moments. This is another one. Even though it didn't go in, it was just really beautiful to watch, and I guess that's why they call it the beautiful game. But, man, that was – he did that in Portland when he was with Portland. He did one like that. He curled it into the corner like that. That's one of his highlights. And I'm glad for him. I'm extremely glad for Maxi. Fafa missed out on an assist. Sorry, Fafa. You're still our number one guy here at the Dynapod. But Maxi really came out, man. He showed up. And he was one that when I talked about who to keep and who to get rid of, I said, keep him. We need to. Even if, even if he continues to start while a younger guy gets ready or, or he spells the guy who's already ready, I, I, know, we need to, I know we need to keep him. We do. Stay with us, Maxi. Pay that man. Joel Paulo, this team averages over two points a game with him in the lineup. About to get none unless he does something. Here, Joel Paulo off the crossbar. Ball is loose. And clear by Fafa Pico. Like I said before, this was a magical evening. I have a quick question. They played advantage and took a shot. And also got a free kick. I thought if you took a shot, you didn't get the foul. I found it odd they got both. I'm sure there's a reason that I don't know. And I'm sure somebody out there who's smarter than I am knows the answer. And you're probably fucking saying it right now. Well, congrats. I can't hear you. This is a one-way conversation. I talk and you listen. But if you'd like to correct me, you can email me at HoustonDynapod at Yahoo.com. Or you can find me on social media. That's Houston the Dynapod. Quick plug for the show. Anyway, here we go. Back to the highlights. Here's Vera. Corona. And that's it. Take a deep breath. Tonight the Houston Dynamo savored this one. You know, like I said, that was a great game to watch. It was a great game to watch on TV or watch in person. I could not go. I had all of my churlins. But that was really nice to see. And I feel bad for us supporters right now because we're asking two questions. Where has this been? Can we keep doing it? We know where it's been. Can we keep doing it? I think we can. Not on the road. If we were in Seattle, this game doesn't go this way. It does not. But at home, can we pull off results like this? Against Seattle, fully fit? Mm. I don't think so either. I think we can settle for a draw at home. I think we could fight for a draw on the road. But I don't think we beat the Sounders on the road at full strength. I think at home versus them full strength, I think a tie is about all you can ask for. But what we got on Saturday was like a tie and then some, right? Can't complain about it. You know, going into next year, it's going to be... It's going to be trying. 
we've got the new stadium name. We got obviously we got some room. We're gonna have an international spot if Marco leaves. Uh, we gotta have Quintero should be resigned, but not as a DP. So we'd have two DP spots. You know, we we have room to wiggle and we got room to work with. Right now, I think we're all just waiting to see who the new GM is going to be. And Wable and Onstad are apparently the front runners. As much as I want Bliss, he is the best on paper. I'm not making the hire. I'm not negotiating his contract. So who knows what's going to happen? I don't like that because someone's tied to Houston, we give them more of a bump. In fact, I'd rather have somebody not from here because if you're going to try and do it the Houston way from 06, 07, that's really the San Jose way, which Rudy pointed out when we did Crossing Soccer Borders the other night. We need to build an identity, a true identity. And you guys hanging on to this Robertson Field shit, that was San Jose. We need our own identity, okay? Stop talking about Robertson Field. Stop talking about 06 and 05. Start talking about now. Matt Jordan's gone. We can essentially erase... 2013 to 2021 off the books. It's gone. It's done. Stop fucking looking at it. It's bad. It's like it's like a genital wart. The more you look at it, it's not going to get better. So I'm told. We need to look to the future and stop looking in the past. And I I just I, uh, I don't like hiring because they played here. I don't like hiring because they're familiar with the city. To me, it's kind of like nepotism. If they were that good, why didn't we hire them back then? Why didn't we look at them then? I don't believe in recreating success. I believe in emulating it and making tweaks to fit your team. And that's what we do. And truth be told, Wabel is in Seattle. Guys, they're fucking good. They've been good forever. Okay? Like the job Bliss has done at KC, I think that's a better job. It's not Seattle. Seattle has money, supporters, a vibrant fan base. I mean, they're like Portland, but their stadium holds 50 or 60,000, even though they don't sell it out. Like Atlanta does. Like we're not going to sell that out. We don't have that. We have to build our own identity, and that's going to be a, a that's going to be a hard, painful process. Everybody's on this high of Saturday night, man. We have a hard, painful rebuild coming. We're not rebuilt yet. We are in the midst of it. There's dead weight on this team that we've only started to get rid of. Next year is going to be, to me, our first rebuild season. This ain't it. This ain't it. It'll be next year. So Wednesday night, those Hollywood fuckboys come in. The LA Galaxy and Chicharito, who I enjoy watching, but I enjoyed watching Zlatan more. He was better. We can really send a message if we beat him again. We can send a message if these last four games, we got two on the road and two at home. Tab Ramos will keep his job with two wins and two draws. It's eight points. If he gets eight points in these last four matches with this newfound, somewhat healthy squad, he keeps his job. I think we can pull... You're going to fucking not like this. I think we can pull ten points from this. I know we can beat Austin in Austin. I know we can. I know we can beat the Galaxy at home. I know we can. I know that road game to versus Colorado... I know that one's not going to go very well unless they're resting players for the playoffs. I'm not very confident about going to Colorado and playing them. 
But everything else, I favor a result. I favor, you know, uh, three points, one point. Our home matches, I really think that we can pull off two wins in a row. Oh, my bad. We go to Montreal. So we have Colorado and the Galaxy at home. We can beat both of those teams at home. We have Austin and Montreal on the road. We can beat Austin on the road. We won't beat Montreal on the road. Montreal, I think, are very talented. I think they have some some good players. I think they have some spots where they just are better than us. But from these four matches, if old Tabby McTaberson can bring home eight points, eight to ten, I think you save his job. I think you give him another season. That'll put us at 38 to 40 points. Realistically, that would outpace San Jose. That would finish us 10th in the league. It can happen. I'd like to see that goal differential get a little bit, little bit lower, like maybe like a minus five, because minus eleven, fucking, that's not where it's at right now. Like a minus five goal difference, and then we evaluate his body of work after the signings, because he really didn't have much to work with. So we take his body of work after the signings, we give it a look, and we decide if he can, if he can get forty points from this season with all the shit that's gone on. No, I'm not happy. It's not playoffs, but it's something to look forward to, and I think that's where we are as a as a fan base. I'm hoping Wednesday night the game is is pretty crowded. I will be there with one of my children. So, guys, that's it. This has been your Houston Dynapod podcast. I am Finister. Oh, almost forgot. Uh, got to talk to Rudy from Crossing Soccer Borders the other night. A good time. Uh, it definitely allowed me to come to the conclusion that I need to upgrade my microphone. I have two different ones that I use. I have this one, which is really fucking good. And then I have my other one, which was $100. And I'm noticing that just the feedback and the pitch, I don't like it. This one's by far much, much better. So that episode was cool. That would be, oh God, I don't know what episode that was for him. Go check him out, Crossing Soccer Borders with Rudy. I'm on the last episode. He has Christian from Cuatro Cuatro Dos on there quite a bit. Go check him out and give a listen. That's one thing that this offseason I posted on social media. This offseason, there is no Houston Dynamo FC to keep our attention. There's no games. There's no matches. There's going to be very little news. So in order to keep the fan base entertained, and potentially grow it, it falls on us guys that create stuff on our own. And girls, Laura Gomez, hey. It falls on us to keep fans interested. It falls on us to make a good product to where fans hear it and they go to their buddy, hey, you need to check out this goddamn podcast I've been listening to. You're going to love it. That's what needs to happen. Truthfully, I would absolutely love to get all of the Dynamo, the independent Dynamo podcasters that are not affiliated with like a paid subscription like the Strikers. As much as I like Victor, I don't think he qualifies under this setup. But um, Rubio and his partner on Noodle Time, Sean and Mark, Christian, me, who else is on there? There's more. There's like one other person I'm forgetting. I'd love to get us all together for an end-of-season review. Hell, I'll host it. We'll publish it under my podcast. This is your formal invitation. I'll be reaching out to you guys soon to try and do this. But yeah, I think at the end of the season, there's a way for us to all get it together and put out you know, one 45 to 60 minute episode. We talk about this season, we talk about the next season. And then uh, 
We just wait because that's, that's all the off season is. Hurry up and wait. So get up to BBVA. Excuse me. Get up to PNC Bank Stadium this uh, Wednesday. Go see the Galaxy get their asses kicked by our club, our one and only club, the Houston Dynamo. It's going to be goals scored. It's going to be beers thrown. Hopefully there will be no homophobic slurs. And there will be no violence from our supporter section. Because, guys, violence doesn't solve anything. I don't know. I think we need to make a TIFO of Christ and just hang it in front of El Batallon. So give us a like. Give us a share. Give us a rate. Give us a review. Give us your money. Whatever you want to do. There's, those are in no specific order. You could give us money first. That's fine. And then you could review us. If you're going to review, do it on Apple. That's apparently pretty important. So it's me, Finister, your Houston Dynapod podcast. Get out there and support the boys. Let's bring home another three points after Wednesday's match. Let's, let's save Tab's job. As much as that's going to anger some of you, let's try and save his job. And as always, go Dynamo! Albert Elise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it! There it is! It's another! And it's Bubba Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, Elise with the assist. Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's Familiar with Failure. Check them out.